Um, section three, we have the minutes of March 13th, 2023 regular council meeting. Is there any changes that need to be made? Seeing none, would somebody like to uh, move the minutes as presented? No. Councillor Scammerhorn, all those in favor? Carried. Uh, Director Bell, do we have any public hearings? There are none. Okay, and a next item, number five, I see we have a presentation from the Holy Family Catholic Regional School Division. Perfect, thank you. Uh, I guess we're, uh, we're the uh, deputy mayor today, so. Uh, if we can turn the mic on, if you can just state your name into the mic for the record, please. Sure, my name is Kelly Whalen, and I'm the board chair of Holy Family Catholic Regional Division uh, number 37. And to my left is? Uh, Betty Turpin, Superintendent for Holy Family Catholic Regional Division. And to her left is John Curran, Trustee Vice Chair for Holy Family, Holy Family Catholic School Division. Uh, and we uh, thank you, uh, Council, for allowing us this opportunity to just bring some good news forward and uh, to just, uh, we want to, part of our advocacy plan uh, is uh, to meet more often with uh, other stakeholders, uh, municipalities, towns, uh, within our division to uh, bring forth our division profile uh, so that even though we're all in the same community sometimes we don't have uh, uh, an in-depth uh, profile uh, knowledge or knowledge of the profiles of the of the different uh, organizations that we're all part of so uh, Holy Family Catholic Regional Division uh, number 37 was formed in September 1st, 1997. Yes. Sorry, I just got a message from uh, Councillor Boychuk. He's having a hard time hearing, hearing? so if we can so, use the mic, please. Perfect, yeah. No worries. Maybe just lower it. Yeah, if you just lower it. Perfect. Yeah. There, that should be a little bit better. I can hear myself in echo now. Yeah. A little reverb always helps. <laughs> uh, so Holy Family Catholic uh, was uh, formed in September 1st of 1997 uh, through the regionalization which happened in the province. Uh, the formal Holy Family Catholic separate regional division and North Peace Roman Catholic uh, separate school divisions uh, amalgamated to provide us with now is Holy Family Catholic regional division. Uh, we provide education to nearly 1,700 students. We've been as high as 2,200 and as low as 1,500 and we're kind of uh, stabilized and we have not seen uh, similar to our counter uh, school divisions have not seen exponential growth or decline uh, with the exception of COVID where we did run into a few uh, online issues and uh, like every school division in the province uh, saw a little bit of uh, retraction on that but we seem to be back uh, to our normal uh, portfolio. Our staff uh, complement is 128 uh, certified uh, FTE staff and 158 support staff. Our school system uh, is a large geographical area. Uh, we go from Valley View uh, with St. Stephen's School all the way up to Manning to Rosary School. And we are in a, uh, an educational service agreement with St. Mary's School in Fort Vermillion. So we do actually travel often up to Fort Vermillion uh, where we're in the middle of building a new school at this point in time for St. Mary's uh, in combination with Fort Vermillion School Division. And I'll turn it over to uh, John to talk a little bit about our uh, Board of Trustees. Thank you, Kelly. Well, nice. um, our current Board of Trustees for the 2021-2025 uh, term, as you can see, is uh, Kelly Whalen, our Board Chair with the Peace River Napa Award. Uh, myself, uh, as vice chair for the same ward. And then to the south, we have Leon Cox, uh, uh, Ward 1 trustee in High Prairie, um, and McLennan, Ward 2 trustee Tom Ennheim. And to Valleview, we have John Michael Posnett, trustee with Ward 3, uh, George Chuckfire, trustee uh, close to us in Ward 4 in Grimshaw, Michael Connell, trustee Ward 4 in Manning, Fort Vermillion. And we're proud to say we have Don. Duda, our trustee for Western Creek Tribal Council. So that's our eight trustees that moving the ship forward. And uh, central office, beautiful picture. Nice summer day. Uh, we have certified staff of four and support staff of 26. And 
uh, our leadership there, senior men, uh, Teddy Turpin, our superintendent, uh, we also have Jim Taplin, assistant superintendent of inclusion and student support, Cora Ostermeyer, assistant superintendent of human resources and learning. So we thought we'd just focus a little bit on our schools. So our school in Manning is ECS through grade nine. We presently have an enrollment of 95 students this year. Uh, Grimshaw, we move a little bit south. Grimshaw has a present enrollment of 110 and we're ECS to grade nine. Good Shepherd School here in Peace River, we're pre-kindergarten, uh, up to grade six with an enrollment of 371. And obviously uh, Peace River uh, Glen Mary School is seven to 12 with an enrollment of 392. Our school in McLennan is uh, ECS through grade eight with an enrollment of 57 students, so a small school by necessity. Uh, High Prairie uh, School, St. Andrew's School, is uh, ECS through grade 12 with 387 students. Uh, St. Stephen's School in Valley View is uh, pre-kindergarten as well to grade six with an enrollment of 268. And our Peace River Outreach uh, Cyber High School shows an enrollment of one. That is one full-time student. Sorry. We'll understand this after. <laughs> we have the ones that just hang. So uh, we never, ever, never deal with microphones. Uh, our, uh, sorry, our uh, Cyber High shows an enrollment of one. However, it has over uh, 50 students uh, that utilize it. There is only one full-time 100% uh, enrollment uh, of a student. Uh, however, we are open up all across Alberta and we have students from multiple areas that access it for one class or two classes or, or whatever their needs uh, desire. When we look at Good Shepherd School that has a little bit more of an impact to this council, uh, Peace River is ECS through grade 12 and it's pre-ECS I should say, uh, it's pre-K. Uh, so four-year-old or three-year-old actually and, uh, end up um, and we have a present enrollment of 372 students. Our First Nation Métis and Inuit uh, population uh, or self-identified are 20% of our, our student uh, population with uh, 72 uh, and a total number of families in the Peace River area of 267 families. Our principal is brand new to us there this year. Uh, Lori Goetsch, uh, she came from our Rosary School in Manning uh, with many years of experience uh, with our division and uh, is doing a dynamite job. And as everybody probably knows who Sadie Oberly is or the Oberly name, Sadie uh, is our, we're very pleased to have her as our Vice Principal this year. We have a total certified staff of 26 and support staff of 21 in that school to help nourish our student enrollment. And also here at Peace River, we have Glen Mary School, basically modernized school, grade seven to twelve. Uh, currently, there's enrollment of three eighty-five, uh, and within that, we have two hundred eighty-six families and eighty Indigenous students. Uh, our principal, who is uh, our second year, with uh, Victoria Cornick, who uh, was at Good Shepherd the year before that, and previous to that was Holy Family School in Grimshaw. So. She has a bit of experience, and Brenda Nichols uh, is the vice principal, along with Anna Templin, should be uh, listed there as uh, two vice principals. Uh, certified staff, we have 27 there, and a support staff of 21. And also housed within uh, Glen Mary, we have a Holy Family <coughs> Separate Five that Kelly was referring to there. Uh, online education for grade seven, uh, 10 to 12, sorry. And that's available to all students across Alberta. And I think John uh, quickly spoke on uh, a modernization or a modern school. We did a, uh, well, I think it was about an $8 million modernization there that finished up about uh, two years ago. Uh, we are also a solar school as well under the solar uh, uh, package from the Alberta uh, infrastructure uh, grants. Sorry. And Betty will talk to you a little bit about our uh, Alberta education uh, assurance models. So for people in this room who may not know, Alberta Education uh, sends out surveys to our parents, our students, and our staff, <coughs> excuse me, annually, 
to get an idea of how assured they are that we are using taxpayer dollars in a, in a good way. So we pulled out some of the data. If you're a parent of any children in school, you would have received a parent survey. Alberta Education rolls that data up into a provincial assurance report, but they also give every school division their assurance report and every school their data as well. So what I've got here for you is three sets of the data that is gathered up annually uh, that we are asked to report on, and this one here is for Good Shepherd School. So it, it shows here the welcoming, caring, respectful school that Good Shepherd is compared to the provincial. So provincial is a roll-up of all schools in Alberta, uh, not just the separate school divisions, but all schools. And then for Good Shepherd, it shows where they are on the spectrum of a welcoming and caring uh, school. So you can see they're doing very well. Quality of education is very important. Every survey that is sent out to parents, staff, and students asks about the quality of education that their child is receiving in, in the school that they're attending. And again, you can see that Good Shepherd has outdone the provincial average. A work preparation we pulled out for you because you may not think about our curriculum actually teaching kids in kindergarten to grade six about getting prepared for work, but we do. The questions are very specific to our students in their uh, developmental age. And again, you can see that work preparation, our students are very well prepared, even at a grade six level, to uh, enter into the workforce. So we're very proud of that. The second one is for Glen Mary School. Um, I want to draw your attention to dropout rate. It's a big conversation in this province about the number of students who drop out before they're finished their grade 12. Uh, this dropout rate is actually done in grade 9, 10, 11, and 12 uh, because if th they do anticipate the dropout rate to include grade 9s. If you noticed our school profiles, most of our schools stop at grade 9 and they move into a different school for grade 10. That's usually where you lose a lot of students. They don't register into a grade 10, but we still own them if they're in our schools in grade 9. But for this one right here, we're very proud of Glen Mary being a 7 to 12 school. Their dropout rate is a 0.5% compared to the rest of the province. That is almost up to, I think they are five times, yeah. Uh, so they're at 2.3%, the provincial one is, and Glenmary School's at a 0.5, uh, which we're very proud of, that we do not have a large dropout rate. Work preparation, again, here's our students at Glenmary uh, prepared for work. So those students that are doing, accessing the curriculum at Glenmary are being prepared uh, to enter into the workforce. And then we did the welcoming, safe, and caring. And so our students at, at Glen Mary do feel welcomed, they feel cared for, and they feel safe. And it's higher than the province. We're very proud of, of our assurance results. Uh, we are very proud of our graduate students from, uh, from Glen Mary uh, and from the community. And one thing that is so important to us is those that stay behind and they set roots and continue growing, which is very important to you know, vitalization of our school and, and community. So uh, a few we want to share with you. Uh, the first one is uh, co-owner of Peace River Broadcasting, John Babby. Growing up in Peace River Region, attending school at Good Shepherd and Glen Mary, the importance of community was instilled at a young, young age. I learned that the value of supporting one another, giving back, working together, and dedication. I'm proud to co-own and operate one of the few remaining independent radio networks in the industry, providing me with the opportunity to apply these values to our business model and support our community. And we're so glad to have you, John. Uh, Co-owner of uh, Peace River Broadcasting Part 2, Lindsay Pronto. Uh, I believe who we are and what we become is greatly shaped by how we start. Kicking off my younger years at Good Shepherd and Glen Mary School, I felt encouraged not only academically, but also with my personal development. And school, I was given the space to be me and the guidance to become an even better version of myself. This foundation was helped me flourish in the creative field I now work in and love. The greatest testament to my experience is my children now walk the halls of Good Shepherd School. And we have so many of those uh, those families. Now we only brought uh, four testimonials. We could bore you all night long with uh, testimonials, but I'll uh, read the last two. One from Sadie Oberly. Uh, I attended Good Shepherd in Glen Mary from kindergarten to grade 12. I'm forever grateful for the teachers and the staff members who made a positive impact in my life. In many, in my time at these schools, people be, 
believed in me, which taught me to always believe in myself and others. I was taught to work hard, rely on my faith, reach for the stars, and share my passions and talents with the world. The skills and knowledge I acquired throughout my elementary and secondary education enabled me never to stop working towards my dreams and goals, even when there are challenges along the way. And uh, again, she's, uh, she is a true testament to our system and now as vice principal and doing the exact same thing as supporting students. Another great uh, member of the town is uh, Brandon Gagnon. He's a manager at MMP, and uh, both Good Shepherd and Glen Mary Schools played a significant role in my life and helped me to shape, helped to shape the success that I've been able to achieve. I'm grateful for my role the teachers played. They provided me the skills and encouragement to pursue my education further and ultimately, ultimately obtain my chartered professional accountant designation. Some of the best experience of my life came from attending Good Shepherd in Glen Mary. I made lifelong friends, I had great teachers and always, who always supported me, and I will always cherish the memories I have playing basketball for those saints. Uh, perfect. So uh, to bring us to uh, for a little question and answer period, uh, we had an opportunity to attend uh, Alberta Education Real Symposium in early March. This is hosted in Edmonton. And at that, uh, there was about four or 500 people there. It was school administrators, trustees, but along Reeves, town councillors, and mayors. It was awesome. And and, the, and this is, uh, how many times running going to go fourth year? Yeah. I've uh, attended two. And it, there's a uh, similar kind of, um, I guess, like here, what does a resilient rural community look like? taking different sides and looks at what can we do for our, our communities and that's all told. So anyways, uh, one of the presentations that we were able to, uh, uh, it was one of our last ones, uh, it was Dr. Clark Bannock, he was director of Alberta Centre for Sustainable, Sustainable Rural Communities, U of A, and as he spoke he says he was a graduate of a small, if anybody knows where Heisler is, Alberta, and so he grew up through the roots. So. He had a lot to say about roots and how we can do this together as circles of cooperative uh, pieces in the community. So first he talked, spoke about strong sense of place. Uh, after that he spoke about the quality leaders that are necessary in all facets of the community. The third point, uh, recognition of the resources that exist uh, in, in the community in, in any shape and form. Fourth one, social cohesion. I'm going to come back to that because that was the one that he really uh, centered on. And the last point there was a belief that action can lead to change. And one more, autonomy. Always maintaining your autonomy for whoever you are in the community. Well, I'm throwing glasses on for this. Uh, so anyways, um, the social cohesion that he was really looking at was the degree of connectedness and solidarity that you have and the engagement in common enterprise and willingness to work together, the social capital. That's a lot of big words, but we're just saying, we're here together, what can we find as our resources and work, work as a community? Uh, there was a number of other things he, he spoke about. Um, he spoke about uh, finding those spots where you could make a difference. And he referred to as called the Morris Model. And this was a study done in Minnesota uh, and innovative local cooperatives and rural development. And it was how uh, the community pooled all their capital, invested all their local entrepreneurs, and uh, trying to retain critical infrastructure, generating the green, providing high-speed internet, and so on and so on. So it's just a kind of, it uh, really opened our eyes. And uh, these guest speakers uh, gave us some of this food for thought, went back to the tables, and then kept with our local groups. But then the interesting part is we had a chance to travel to, well, there's about 40 tables there, to see what other parts of Alberta are doing. And there's some really innovative projects that the whole community uh, comes together. And uh, I'll, I'll stop there because I'm out of time. But there's some examples that are awesome that we, as Peace River, could definitely, down the path, work together. Anyways. So recognizing our time constraints and yeah, your, your busy schedule tonight, uh, we don't want to keep you long. We did, I, again, wanted to come out and uh, just kind of highlight our port, like our portfolio of what we do on a daily basis to bring new stewards to our community. We're looking to build 
stewards for our community moving forward. So we will just want to, I guess, spread some good word and make sure that you, uh, if you have any questions at all, we could definitely take some questions for sure. Shelly? First, I just want to say thank you. I'm a, a good shepherd parent as well as a, a Glenmary parent, and I can't say enough about uh, what great schools they are and what great uh, students they, they put out. Um, my questions are, how are you um, doing with your EA staffing? I know that across the province there were, were um, some issues around that. Um, how are you doing with that? And, and do you guys uh, have a pool of EAs or that, that supports that that you can share with the other school division? Or how does that work? And I have more questions you can answer them later. Okay, so uh, for educational assistance, we do have a pool of replacement EA so that when an EA is out, we can replace that EA. Um, our hiring for EAs has definitely been on a rise. Some communities were easier to get EAs than in other communities across our division. Some of our communities uh, don't have a large supply uh, of, of individuals that would apply. Say, for example, like McLennan. We, 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 it's hard to recruit sometimes to, to the town of McLennan. So now with the new funding that has come out, um, some of our EAs who are part-time will have an opportunity to go full-time because we do have a, an increase in our funding. <clears throat> and is there, there a waiting list at any of, the, of your schools? A waiting list? For students or are you at full capacity or how does that work? No, we, we, are, we are not at full capacity so there's no waiting list. We take them when they come to us. Okay, and what school was it that was the solar project? Was that Glenmary? That's Glenmary. Glenmary, is that total, how, how what percentage of solar would that be? I don't have the exact numbers, but I can definitely get them for you. And the solar basically is on the grid, uh, the solar that it does produce, and we do get a report on how much it does produce. So we get a, almost a credit for the production of the solar. Okay, then I'll just end with, <coughs> with a comment that, um, you know, we're talking about the foundation for children at your school and how important that is. Um, Councillor Carr and uh, and Councillor Boychuk and I attended the Rural Crime um, Symposium here in Peterborough over the weekend. And uh, Brad, I think you can agree that the when they were talking about children and the building blocks of starting young in that uh, their foundational, um, you know, to, to how they end up or whatever. I think that that's. Uh, a good place to start, and I think that that uh, your school division does a good good job at that. Thank you. Thank you. Just going back to your uh, to your stats, there. This is not a question, but a comment. But uh, uh, seeing the stats from uh, for a school in Peace River uh, being above average compared to the province, good job. Yes. Thank you. Does council have any other or further questions? The only other thing I'd like to just add on that, is like our dropout, our dropout rate for our First Nation, Métis, and Inuit students is among the lowest in the province. Um, the province has actually come to our school division uh, and asked our uh, senior leadership team what we're doing differently in order to have such a low dropout rate uh, for our First Nation, Métis, and Inuit students across our division. So. Uh, it's very important to us that we recognize that and that we put it in strategies in place uh, to, to ensure that we have successful students no matter what their socioeconomic or their backgrounds are. Any other questions from Council? I'm not sure if Councillor Boychuk is still online. How did your uh, hosting provincials turn out? Awesome, awesome. And congrats on getting that and good results for teams and, and uh, uh, we won the silver, Glen, we, Glenmary won no, the silver. No, you can say we, it's <laughs> quite alright. It's a we, it's a we. We're really proud, yes. It's been a, a long time since Glenmary actually, they've, they've gone to provincials quite often, but for them to have a silver medal, I think the bronze was going back in the early 80s. So it's been a long run for them, so the girls won in Fort, uh, high level is where they played and the provincial tournament went very well here. We had very few hitches and things were just smooth and cool. And we were very grateful that Elaine could come and bring some opening remarks on behalf of the town. Yeah, and the town was like just busting at the seams. It was really, really great. So it was great for all the businesses, the hotels. Absolutely. The, I mean, obviously, anytime we can host anything like that. And we have world class facilities now in Peace River uh, with the multiplex so, uh, and in Grimshaw as well. So uh, we'll be looking to host as much as we can. The biggest comment, the, the biggest comment that came out when the visiting teams came in, and it's uh, 
closed practices, private, so only that team could walk in. So it was the person who was doing the sound up there and the look on their faces when they walked into the gym. Like, this is up north. We have a facility like this. They're nice. And team after team coming in. So uh, we're very yeah. thankful. Yes, absolutely. Great, great. And congrats and well, well done to your, to your staff, your people. Well, one of the one of the comments that I heard, just to elaborate on that, I had a, a resident ask me, "What are all the white buses doing on downtown?" <laughs> <laughs> Councillor, I just wanted to say I would like to hear more about the innovation that some of the innovative stuff that you you brought back from that conference at some point. Thank you. Absolutely, I would yeah, definitely love to talk to you. And there is another one coming up yes. in October. So there's a conference coming up in October by Sustainable uh, Rural Alberta. So um, very good speakers are scheduled for that. It's not an educational one, so you may be getting something like that in your mail. If not, I, John can send you the link once he receives it. Uh, we did send you a letter asking if any of you guys wanted to come to the Rural Ed Symposium. We did sponsor two councillors to attend from Big Lakes, uh, Lakes. Lakes. attend it with us, but the board decided that they would sponsor two councillors from any of the NDs or towns that we serve. And so uh, with, next year, the invite will probably come again. It's all expenses paid, so you know it doesn't cost you anything. It's Except great time. to get the it's great to get counselor representation at the rural ed. Uh, there is uh, the night of before is a panel of ministers, and so the minister of rural Edu of uh, education and any of the other ministers are infrastructure. Those kind of it's a, yeah. it's a meet and greet with a lot of ministers and, uh, and MLAs, so always a good opportunity for sure. And, and the perspective you receive is just awesome sitting on the table with Reeves counselors uh, and educators is, is just uh, it's, uh, I, I hope that we could have a couple of you come well and it it's speaks awesome. to schools being very very uh, important to sustain rural yeah. Alberta mm -hmm. uh, when when rural communities have a school uh, rural communities can survive and I think it really speaks to that fact that that's what we need to do to sustain our rural Alberta and you know Peace River is probably our most metro in our school division like right the one with the most population but it's still rural Alberta and we still have our struggles yeah where excuse me where is the conference in October that you're talking? in Edmonton yeah. the, the world Ed is at Fentisland and it's uh, annual and it's in October the other one is also in October but that's been sponsored by the U of A and that's about rural sustainability in campus in campus yeah one thing I'd just like to mention in this forum uh, opportunity is that, and, and Betty, doesn't, Betty doesn't get to, to talk on this one, but uh, we, are, we are very blessed with our senior leadership team. Uh, Betty has been with us for uh, 14 years, I think at this point, 15 years, uh, and uh, has agreed to stay on for another couple years before her retirement. Betty is uh, noticed across the province uh, as a very high achieving, for such a small school division, we have very high achievement rates. And you're only seeing a couple of achievement rates in, in this presentation. We could have lambasted you with like 20 pages of our academic achievements, which are very strong as well for the province, uh, uh, considering where we are in the province and, and that we're a northern rural school division. But I, I do want to just acknowledge uh, that Betty and senior leadership uh, of uh, our, our school division is outstanding at forcing the the issue that's every student matters uh, going forward. So we're in good hands for the next couple of years. Councilor Shannon. I'm sorry, I just have one last question. How safe are our Catholic schools? Do you feel that there's going to be any any chance of, of us losing them in, in the near future? Or there, I know that there are discussions around that at every government or some government tables. Can you just speak a little bit to that? I can speak to that a little bit better because I do hold the provincial portfolio as well. I'm the vice president of Alberta Catholic Schools School Boards, uh, so that's another hat. Um, you have to be a trustee, but I was elected in 2021 and I'll be running for president of that. Uh, I'm vice president now. Uh, so Catholic schools right now under the, under the current government uh, are, are very safe. Um, school of choice is very important uh, under the current uh, UCP government and funding for school of choice is very important. I just had meetings uh, last Thursday with uh, Rachel Notley, Daniel Smith, um, and had the opportunity, we had a meet and greet uh, with all the MLAs uh, while they're in session, uh, just our association and the MLAs. And, and it was very, um, Rachel Notley um, 
I mean, as much as they say that autonomy of school, they're not, uh, they're not, the NDP is not as focused on uh, school of choice as opposed to publicly funded education. She gave a rousing endorsement for publicly funded Catholic education in its true form right now. Uh, however, in the last uh, round, uh, the last NDP government that was held provincially, we did notice some autonomy erosion uh, for trustees and for school divisions on parental uh, involvement. Uh, and uh, um, so, I mean, we are nonpartisan. We will deal with whoever is in power, and we we uh, we like everybody. Uh, however, we need to make sure that we our number one focus at the provincial level is the uh, continuation of uh, fully funded Catholic education as per our 1905 constitutional rights. Right on. Thank you. Is there any other questions from council? We do have a little parting gift for for you. Only if you were nice to us. <laughs> That's why we didn't hand them out first. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> booed. So I pull them back, you know, as I trip over. Oh yeah, be careful. They really work when you crawl. Thank you. Oh, I love it. That one left over. John for Kayla. And I need. I, I can't take this to work. Kayla, you can actually. It's <laughs> fine. I mean, that's good. I need one more for Kayla here. I didn't want to pass one out to Kayla if I didn't have nothing. We'll do. There we go. Well, thank you very much for your presentation and keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much for allowing us this opportunity. We really, truly appreciate it. And going forward, we'd like to keep you at least once a year. We'll come in and give you some statistics. Great idea. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. This one is Mark's. Right oh, this is Mark's right here. They left one for Oh, okay. Then we're good. Everyone's good. Yeah. You okay. had one extra. You can keep it. Sell it on the black market. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will. Give it back to me. <laughs> Moving on to the next item, item six, uh, bylaws, fees and tr charges bylaw, number 2127, amendment bylaw. And I believe this is uh, Director Bell. Thank you, Deputy Mayor. Uh, the bylaws before council this evening are presented for third reading. Uh, they include a number of bylaws, bylaw number 2127, updating Town of Peace River's fees and charges bylaw for 2023, and bylaw number 2128, consolidating additional fees and charges into the bylaw. Um, they've received first reading February 13th, uh, March, <clears throat> sorry, March 6th, governance and priorities meeting was also discussed, and second reading was had on March 13th. Uh, the four schedules are in, included within the bylaws as council has uh, reviewed them to date. Therefore, the bylaws are presented for third reading this evening if council chooses to proceed with such actions. Is there uh, any questions from council? No questions? Well, should we get the party started? Sure, okay. Um, I'll move council give third reading to fees and charges bylaw for 2023, number 2127. All those in favor? That's carried. The, the next uh, motion, do you want that in two separate or one? Um, I believe one, one is fine, yes. Would anybody like to make uh, the next motion? Councillor Good. I'll move the council give third reading to amendment to bylaws uh, 1832 and 1833, number 2128. Thank you, Councillor Good. All those in favor? And that motion is carried. Thank you. Uh, looks like we have no unfinished business. Um, new business, uh, number eight, RCMP 2023-2024, plan of service. Uh, request for council priorities. Director Bell again. It would be myself again this evening. Um, the RCMP plan of service for 23-24 was presented uh, through a request of Staff, Staff Sergeant Dave Brown at a previous council meeting. Council has had the opportunity to mull it over, as it were, to think about the priorities that they would like to set um, for the Town of Peace River. 
there was a number of priorities that have come forward and items that um, the administration gleaned from council's engagement, downtown crime, property crime, traffic enforcement, drug enforcement, and community visibility. And the 22-23 plans of service were serious and organized crime, police community relations, and crime reduction. Administration is seeking council's consensus on priorities they'd like to present to the RCMP. Councillor Good. Councillor Good. Well, I think one of the, I think the downtown crime one is extremely important, and I think for, not not for me so much as the damage, but I mean that's certainly part of it. But what I'm what I'm hearing more and more of is people not feeling safe and secure in in their community and not not going downtown because they don't like the, they're, they're not comfortable in the atmosphere and I don't care who you are where you're from um, whether you're from uh, it shouldn't matter who you are or where you're from you should feel safe and secure in your community and I, I think the police have done a lot of work in crime in the, in the neighborhoods over the last couple of years and focusing on it to be the breaking entries and that i think they've done a, a fairly good job on that they're obviously going to have some but I, I think their focus has been good but i think we need to do something so that people feel safe walking you shouldn't have to feel bad when you just want to walk up and down the streets from your downtown you should be able to walk from one end of the street to the other and not have a, not have a moment of discomfort because you're feeling threatened and it's not that the threats that people are perceiving are not real the people I've talked to have talked about being accosted they've talked about being having their travel interrupted they've talked about being um, impeded in in their motion and that's wrong pure and simple I'll leave it at that I don't want to go on to it for a long time but I think it's very important. And I think it's important to the businesses downtown and for people who live downtown. We have people who live downtown um, and in the downtown area, they should feel safe too. So I'd like to see a focus on that. Thank you, Councillor Good. I myself personally tend to, I totally agree with your comments. Um, priority three, crime reduction. I'd like to see that move up a little bit higher in priority. Uh, simply saying the commenting or just to reinforce what Councillor Good said, uh, a lot of our downtown businesses and the crime prevention work that everybody's doing down there, um, a lot of it's proactive and not reactive, which actually builds on the community visibility and the community relations. So I'd like to, uh, I know one of the hot topics right now is, is that property crime and, the, and feeling safe downtown. So I'd actually like to see the priority three move up one or two. But that's uh, myself personally. So, if any other councillors would like to comment, I would uh, totally back that up. I think crime reduction and uh, downtown crime reduction, or um, personal safety, and that should be our priority number one right now. Councillor Card, I don't know whether they do this anymore, but I, I I agree with absolutely everything everybody said. But what about what about RCMP foot patrols? They used to walk downtown once in a while like even you know more visibility and, and you can't be more visible than walking downtown rather than driving through in your in your car and I don't mean constantly but you know make a presence you know I think it would help to deter a lot of the less favorable individuals and I'm not sure you know obviously them sitting sitting downtown is is there's nothing wrong with that other than it takes away from the downtown but you know, just seeing the, the police walking down there may deter a lot of that kind of stuff and a lot of that negative activity that's happening. Just an idea. Yeah. Just to comment on that, the uh, local detachment here, and they do it every every year, but mainly during the summer and warmer months that they do have the bike patrols bike that, patrols. that happen mm -hmm. too. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Councillor Scanlon? So, I noticed they have three priorities for 2022-2023 there, and so should we 
and we've got uh, you know kind of five in that list right under the background heading there. Should, should we try to just send in three? Because I feel I like if everything is a priority, nothing is. And so if we could maybe you know um, from those five send in what our preferences are. And I'm I'm, I'm hearing are downtown crime and property crime very similar? Can be. They could. They could. They could overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's from five to four. Community visibility. Uh, I, I like that one yeah. too, and, and you had mentioned it. Um, and then I guess what it comes down to is between traffic and drug enforcement. I I, I, I would take either or for the third, for the third, um, you know, choice. Is that's that's where I land on those five where where they could end up. Well, and staff and Staff Sergeant Dave Brown did did during his presentation did re request for the for the top three but um, yeah I would tend to agree when it when it comes to the traffic once we uh, when we're talking within our municipality once we get our peace officers hired um, that's something that uh, a role they can take on so I agree with your comments as well any other comments from council so just to clarify to make sure we have administration has captured this uh, downtown crime as priority one with property crime folded in they're married. yeah, yeah they're married. okay uh, um, uh, priority number two crime reduction priority number three was community visibility but I feel like I've missed I, I'm not sure that you have the community visibility impacts the previous two. Impacts the previous yeah. two. It's a it's a characteristic yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. I think it would go a long way to um, having it having a positive impact, and, and not only for the people who are maybe not the best intentioned, but I think a lot of people would feel a whole lot safer if they saw that. The police, the police were visible in the area enough to know that it's that they're a reality in your environment. I think it has positive effects on the people who want to Absolutely. feel safe, and I think it has positive effects on the people who maybe don't want people to feel as safe. Yeah. yeah, myself, I think that, like I mentioned it before, I think that crime reduction, it, it's both proactive and, and reactive, but having that proactive part in there um, does build on the community relations, especially when they're doing the bike patrols, the foot patrols, and being and being visible in de in uh, downtown Peace River. So I think it all kind of overlaps and ties together. Perfect. But the drug thing is uh, another big one. Number four, or I, w I wonder if that one doesn't go without saying. I mean, obviously they're going to action yeah. that when it when the opportunity arises, and, and you know, back to the community visibility, going to like. Pipe ceremonies, spirit walks, the uh, the bike rodeos that they're having at the schools, yeah. and that, that you know, that that stuff means I think a lot more than than people give it credit for too. So so I like that community visibility idea more than just um, and, I, and I appreciate Councillor Carr's comments around around that that visible presence you know downtown, but it's also um, you know having that that positive side to uh, the, the community relations that I've, I've really appreciated them making a big effort for uh, for doing too so councillor good just one other comment I think in hand in hand on this let's say drug enforcement crime enforcement whatever there's that part of it there's also the other part that I think the, that our council is looking at um, with Mark Boychuk's work and, and a number mm -hmm. of other people in having the supports in places for people that um, I'm not sure there are good and bad people, and I think we, I want to make that really clear. I mean, I have a lot of sympathy for people who have problems with drugs and alcohol. I have a lot of sympathy for people who have pro pro economic problems. I have a lot of sympathy because um, in my own life, I've seen those things. So I have a, I have a fair amount of sympathy for that. But if, if we're going to address this, these issues, you can't just arrest it by hammering people, which is the enforcement side and things like that. I mean, that's all that's necessary and part of it.
but I think as a community and as a council, we're also looking at saying, okay, well, you do your part not to do this. We're gonna try as best we can to do our part, to be there for you, to provide the services. We talked about, you know, um, in some of the discussions we've had about, we need to have wraparound services for people that maybe aren't really happy with the way things are going in their life and they'd like, they'd like to improve that. We need those wraparound services. We need to keep advocating for the things that will help people take the step with us and with our community to have a better life for not only for the people who are worried about it, but for the people who are involved in life maybe they're not as happy with. So I just want to make sure that we're looking at both sides of this coin and both sides of this coin. I think it's really important. These, these are not bad people. When I had my store, I had a number of quote, the undesirable people that used to sit in my store when it was cold. And I was, I can't say never, but I would say almost never treated with anything other than respect and, and decently. These are people who are having challenges in their life that I can't even imagine. Um, and they're citizens too. They're people too who have wants, desires, lives that they want to do better. So I, I just want to keep make sure that that if they're listening to this, that they understand that as a council and as a community, we're going to try and walk with them on this process, not just totally in opposition. Any other comments from council? So, Director Bell, do you have enough to go on? I do, but we would prefer a motion of council. Just to summarize though, um, we're looking at priority one being downtown crime and property, oh, I lost my words, sorry. Um, Includes property crime. Including property crime, crime reduction. Um, sorry, property crime. Priority two, crime reduction. Priority three, community visibility. Okay, uh, Ms. Parsons, do you have a written motion that you would like to here. Sure. Uh, move that council direct administration to provide the Peace River RCMP detachment with council's community policing priorities as follows. One, downtown crime, including property crime. Two, crime reduction. Three, community visibility. Uh, thank you. Who, Councillor Shannon, you would like to make that motion? Sure. As read? As all, read. <laughs> all in favor? And that is carried. Thank you. Next item nine, we have reports, uh, 2023-0314 draft economic development committee meeting minutes. And reading the report, I see that Councillor Carr was in attendance. Is there anything you would like to highlight? Uh, no, actually, um, they've got a number of different uh, projects on the go. Um, can't wait to see some gross grow some wheels and go, but uh, no, they're doing great work. Nothing in particular. So the next one is the uh, Peace River Regional Advisory RCMP Committee. I know uh, Councillor Boychuk's not on the line right now. Um, I was not able to attend this meeting as I was away in Fox Creek working, so is there any any questions from council on the report? Okay, the one thing I will mention is, it was under new business, 8.1 uh, meeting with the town of Peace River businesses. Um, so there is uh, a comment there that says, Mark advises that the town administration will be doing a door-to-door -door canvas at local businesses. So just to clarify, that is not town administration, that is the, uh, the uh, the group that's facilitating the uh, the SEPT headwalk that's actually doing that door knocking. So uh, there's a motion in front of, or there's a proposed motion that council accept the reports nine, one, and two uh, for information. Would anybody care to make the motion? Councillor Good makes that motion. All in favor? And that is carried. Okay, information in person town halls with the government of Alberta. Is anyone able to make any of those? I see the I, okay. I see the closest one to us after reading it is is Slave Lake. 
and it looks like it's only for what an hour. Well, and, and the Minister of Justice is there. So that, that, it, yeah. it, it is a good one. I mean, I'd make an enabling motion if someone was like, I could do it. It fits my schedule. It just doesn't fit mine. So I could do it, but I mean, I'll just get my own. Yeah, well, sure. I guess uh, I'm not available that day myself either. Well, yes. let's just do it this way. I'll move that uh, council accept information item 10-1 for information. Redundant. All in favor <laughs> of that motion? <laughs> I didn't see everybody's hands. All in favor of that motion? And that is carried. Uh, Director Bell, do we have any notices of motion? We don't, definitely. Uh, apparently, there's going to be no comments from the public, being everybody, there is nobody here. So, Ms. Parsons, key communication items. I think just uh, well the passing of our fees and charges bylaw and council's um, priorities RCMP priorities mm -hmm. submission anything else from council councillor Carr would it be possible to uh, send out a congratulations or an attaboy or whatever to the, the people that managed to get the ski hill open there were a lot of man hours. I included Edmund in that as well, but I mean, that was pretty impressive and a lot of work to get it there. <clears throat> It'd be nice to acknowledge it. I'm sure we could share their post yeah. on our website just saying and thank you to the ski hill for yeah. opening yeah. for the end of the very much they, had yeah. Yeah. they had a volunteer they had a yeah yeah they had a Facebook posting yeah. yeah just an acknowledgement more than anything I think yeah. all the hours okay item 14 closed session I see we have none uh, item 15 who would care to make a motion to adjourn <laughs> Councillor Carr, all those in favor? Oh, wow. Motion carried. Meeting adjourned. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <clears throat>